When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and it is Friday night. I'm sitting on my living room floor. We've got some candles lit. It's a vibe, and I'm excited to record this episode on things I didn't learn in esthetician school. So I I just, I feel like it's so important to talk about things you learn along the way, especially things that aren't taught in school, because we can all read the textbook, but when it comes to running a business and having clients depending on you and, and, you know, really wanting results, it's just such a different ball game. And I feel like whether you're working for somebody else or working for yourself, there can be so many moments as an esthetician where you're questioning yourself, worrying, having self-doubt, having imposter syndrome, wondering if you chose the right treatment for somebody, if you could have done more, if you should have done less. And we all go through it. So I hope this episode just helps give you some reassurance. And at the end of the day, I hope you just don't feel alone in this job because even though we're working on our clients alone and there's not necessarily somebody to ask or somebody to talk to at the end of the treatment. I hope you guys know this is a community. There are plenty of resources. We can all lean on each other for help and build each other up. So you're never alone. Okay. I want to get into this and (laughs) starting with the first, the first topic, which I should preface this by saying with my business, it's all virtual. I mostly work, it's mostly working on corrective issues, usually pretty highly inflammatory types of conditions like rosacea or acne. I find people typically reach out to me when they're like at the end of their rope and they're like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired of trying things on my own. Like I really, I need help. I can't put this off any longer. So I don't get people coming to me like for relaxation necessarily. It's typically people who want a really solid routine. A lot of people who actually don't enjoy treatments and just want to focus on the home care. So Typically, we're dealing with some congestion. A lot of times, it's acne. So the first thing I didn't learn in esthetician school is that purging is very, very normal. And I'm sure a lot of you are like, of course, like I've heard that a million times. It's common knowledge. I really didn't understand this until years after esthetician school. And Looking back, the reason I wanted to bring this up was because in my first job, we never talked about the idea of purging. And there were actually quite a few scenarios where clients would experience a purge after a treatment and they would come back in and it would be like a sit down session with the client and my boss in the treatment room, and we would go through everything I did in the treatment. And maybe my boss meant it as like an educational opportunity for me to learn, but it always honestly felt like really shameful. I always felt really embarrassed and like I did something wrong. And I would like rack my brain trying to think of what I could have done wrong in the facial that would have like led to more acne or more congestion. And now I know she was purging, (laughs) like she or he was purging. So purging, like I said, is normal and it's actually a good thing. So to a lot of my clients now, 
I make it known, you may hate me before you love me. Like you will probably experience a little bit of a transition, especially if you've never used more potent professional grade products on your skin. If we're going from, you know, only CeraVe cleanser and moisturizer to a four or five step is clinical and Glymed routine. And we're talking about, you know, congestive acne or hormonal acne, you're probably going to experience a little bit of a purge. And why is that? So the reason purging is happening is because we're using ingredients that are literally designed to increase cell turnover. So if there's underlying congestion, that is retentive matter it's been there. It's been chilling. It's not like you gave somebody a facial and you gave them acne. Acne is stimulated. It's triggered. In this case, we're intentionally trying to bring it out to clear out the follicle. So purging can happen. It's normal. And typically we want to see that happen. So we can kind of get to the other side and get to a place where your client is more clear, but they may go through an initial purge. And that's not something when they um, come to you that you should feel bad about. You should actually set the expectation, which is (laughs) something else. I'll just bundle that right into this point. You want to set the expectation if they're dealing with acne and congestion, if that's their concern and that's present, let them know they could experience it. You don't have to frame it in a way that's like, oh my gosh, your skin is going to be a disaster. (laughs) Don't scare them, but let them know like you could experience a little bit of of a purge and it is normal. We want that congestion to come out. Um, and so when, when is a purge likely to take place when there's congestion present and when we're providing, treatments or home care that contains ingredients designed to stimulate cell turnover. So this is going to be typically your exfoliating products. Typically it's ingredients such as your acids, acids, glycolic, lactic, salicylic, can also be retinoids for sure, or benzoyl peroxide. Those are typically the most common ingredients that will produce some sort of a purge. Now, how do you know if your skin is purging? So it's a little bit hard to gauge, but typically if you are purging, you will notice either whiteheads or pustules. Typically you'll notice more acne of the same type of acne you were already experiencing. So if you're already as a client dealing with hormonal acne along the jawline, you might even notice an increase in hormonal acne along the jawline. Or if you're prone to congestion um, or closed comedones in the forehead, let's say for example, which is what I struggle with, you could notice an uptick in the acne on the forehead area. Um, So it's going to mirror the type of acne they're already dealing with, most most likely. So let them know they could just experience an increase in in what they already (laughs) notice in their skin. And typically this doesn't last a long, long time. It is hard to provide a concrete timeline, which clients are probably going to ask, how long will how long will I be dealing with this? Because they want to know. And there's no for sure answer. I'd say typically it lasts between two to six weeks, could be even two months. When we're talking about professional products or prescription products, it will take a little bit longer to get over the hump. Um, I've noticed with retinoids in particular or prescription retinoids, such as a tretinoin, that can take a while. And if your client is on a prescription retinol or tretinoin, tretinoin, they could, they could start to get a little bit frustrated, which is why 
I think a lot of you listening probably know I am a fan of tretinoin. I do like it. It's really helped me maintain clear skin, but it's not for the faint of heart. I actually didn't really understand what the purging process entailed when I was prescribed tretinoin. And typically germs won't even see their acne clients back after they have prescribed tretinoin or, you know, Tazerac, whatever uh, brand name it is. They won't see their, their patients, I should say. They won't see their patients back for at least three months because it's such a um, long time it can take to get over that purging phase. So it can really depend and you don't need to give a complete timeline. Um, It's going to depend on how much congestion is really underlying. And remember, we're just bringing up what's existing. So don't feel like you caused their acne. Now, there are ways you could actually cause a blockage. And that would be different from a purge. So purging tends to look like an increase in acne the client has already experienced versus breakouts in a new place, clusters of breakouts. That could be a sign that a product that's been recommended isn't the best fit for your client. So things that don't cause purging would be products like a sunscreen or a moisturizer, products that don't contain those exfoliating ingredients, but could potentially be too clogging for them. So there is a difference and it's important to understand that purging is related to those products that increase the cell turnover. But understand it's not your fault. Yeah, I it seems so simple looking back, but like thinking about how much shame I went through, like sitting in that room when it really wasn't my fault and it was for good reason. I wish I had known when I was in that position that, ah, this is a good thing. Like we, we want them to get it out and eventually they're going to love you. So if your client is going through a little bit of a purge, encourage them to stick with it as long as it's, as long as it's not, you know, affecting their mental health too, too much. Stay in touch with them and, you know, stay on top of it. It shouldn't be lasting forever unless, you know, again, we're talking about tretinoin or a prescription retinoid, but let them know there is hope on the other side. And this is something I can definitely attest to myself. Um, when you look at, I have one reel and I think one TikTok, I should do more kind of transformation photos of my own personal acne journey because I have been through it. You guys, it may not look like it now, but I really, really had um, a pretty, pretty crazy acne transformation. It was never cystic, but I struggled with a lot of tiny, teeny, tiny. My pores are pretty small, but I just had teeny, tiny little breakouts and it was congestive acne and acne triggered by certain things in my lifestyle. I'll get into that in another episode. But the purging thing is real. I feel like some people think of it as like a myth, but no, it's literally what (laughs) these potent products were intended to do. We have to get that congestion out. We have to release it. So there can be a little bit of an adjustment phase. For me, since I did use tretinoin, it was about a year and it was hard. It was not easy and you're like, when are things going to get better? It's for a lot of people. I think it's like right when they're about to give up that things start to turn a corner and get better. For me, it might've been a little intense because I literally went zero to 100 because right when I signed up for esthetician school was when I started experiencing adult acne. I was in my mid twenties and I was that person who their whole life had used whatever I wanted, always had perfect skin. I started to become such a Sephora head. I was really into makeup. (laughs) That's actually what I started doing on YouTube um, was makeup. 
So I was always doing like full face looks. I was using just tons of random products and I was a total product junkie right at that time my acne was kind of in its peak. Then I started using a lot of professional grade skincare. We started doing intense peels at school. Then I went on to work for different spas. So I was trying out all of these products using, you know, new potent professional lines. Then I went on tretinoin. So it was kind of a lot for like one or two years. It was like, gosh, am I going to get a grip on this? And I, I wondered if it would ever get better. And eventually it did. And as my routine got more intentional, as I learned more about acne and the lifestyle and diet factors that can contribute to it. And as I just really refined the routine, I understood, you know, what I could use in a single routine, what was overdoing it, what was actually going to help decongest that follicle where the acne was happening. As I started getting regular extractions, which I'm still very loyal to getting good extractions, at least on a bi-monthly basis, things got much better. So now I maintain it, I avoid the triggers, and I continue to use my active and exfoliating products that will keep my follicle clear. That is how I maintain clear skin. And it doesn't mean I never break out again, but that purging phase, it was, it was definitely a thing. Okay. That was a long one. The next ones might not be quite as long. So the next thing I wanted to mention was the importance of follow-up, but not just the importance of it, like why you want to do it. So in school and you know when you're working for somebody else I think we're told a lot like follow-up is really important like you should pick up the phone and touch base with your client and it's just like follow-up 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 you hear it all the time but then you're like working in those jobs and you're like okay on day one you told me I should be following up with clients but you know now I'm working from 11 a.m to 9 p.m I get home it's dark like when do I time to follow up on clients. So I think it can kind of get lost in the sauce. And when you're so busy with your day-to-day and you're so hyper-focused on the person in front of you, I think that follow-up can fall to the wayside. Or it's like you're working in a spa, you don't have the contact info. So it just isn't realistic to like actually pick up the phone to call your clients. I don't know, maybe that was just my experience. But I think for me, it just wasn't like a real tangible thing. It was just like, oh, we learned in school. It was good to follow up, but you know, I don't really do that. It's not really applicable in my job now. So now that I'm working for myself, now that my clients rely on me and only me, there's no front desk to call. And especially because I am all virtual, I don't see people in person. things are really different. So I really rely on that communication and I understand the importance of it so much more. And I think part of it was I also used to be a little bit nervous or scared to follow up with my clients because I would think, again, this is me getting so in my head and I think a lot of us can do this, especially if we have a tendency to let insecurity get the best of us. So I would think if I wasn't hearing from my clients, like I wasn't hearing back after I first put them on a home care regimen, a lot of times I would think they must hate what I gave them. Like it must not be working out. Their skin must be even worse. Like that's why they're not contacting me. Like they probably don't trust me. They think I'm like, they think this is all a sham, like total imposter syndrome. Right. So I would just get super in my head and I'd think like, "Mm, if they want to come back to me, they will. Like if they want to work on their next phase with me, they will. No, 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 no. Okay. First of all, it's probably as long as you're an educated esthetician, you're well-informed, you really thought about what you're going to give them and why. And as long as you believe in your products and you've seen the results, which 
I will also say you get more and more confident with more time because you're having more people that do come to you and show you their results. And you see with time, this is working for like pretty much everyone. Like everyone is benefiting to some degree. It doesn't mean things are hundred percent perfect all the time, but like overall the inflammation goes down, their skin starts to glow. We start to actually address their concerns. It works. And this is why I believe in professional skincare. It works. I'm sorry. You can't tell me any different. I'm not so caught up in the medical grade term, which I know there's controversy around, but it's the fact that these products work. The proof is in the pudding. It was not working. They came to an esthetician or they came to me. Now their skin is healthy. It's in a good place. Total side tangent, but I want you guys to understand it's not always the worst case scenario. If you aren't hearing back from your clients, pretty much every time, every time I have followed up and checked in and asked, how's it going? Which by the way, it, it doesn't need to be a super formal phone call. I feel like most people aren't answering like random calls, you know, throughout the day, like it can be a text message. It can be an email, just follow up and check in. I'm sure a lot of people would appreciate a phone call, but I think a lot of people my age don't want to answer the phone at the same time. So you can also ask your client their communication preferences. I'm actually taking a mental note of that. I should do that, (laughs) but whatever, whatever way you do it, check in with them because every time I have done this, the client says, things are going great. Like the inflammation has gone down so much. Like I haven't had this much confidence in my skin ever. Like typically it's such good news and it totally makes my day. I don't know why I'm like nervous. Like I'm like holding my breath even now that, you know, they have all given good feedback. I'm still like holding my breath, like imagining (laughs) imagining the worst case scenario, um, which is something I'm working on. I have a a tendency to like go to the dark place when that just is no way to live. And I really am trying to um, reframe things more positively for myself. But just don't go there. think, Think positive and know that if something were to go wrong, you will handle it. And it's so much better to be proactive and to be checking in and to be following up to also avoid, avoid and confront. If there is an issue, if something wasn't working out, you could confront it and you could correct it. And I've never really checked in or followed up and had somebody say things were going horribly wrong. Typically it's like, if something's going wrong, they will let you know. And they probably will. Like if, if something is going awry or your client is purging, experiencing more breakouts, they will probably tell you, but it's still our responsibility as the professional to check in and see how things are going. I know Jan Marini, who I've had on the podcast before, has said the average person decides within four days if they like a product. So that's something to think about. Um, I don't check in after four days. I typically give my clients about two weeks. That's just what works for me. And I know a lot of estheticians will send their clients home with a new regimen, um, I like to, I'm okay with recommending a a small routine at one time, but I always lay out a schedule for acclimating to the products. I'll write out the days they should, you know, incorporate each new thing. So they're not doing too much. I know there tends to be a little bit of an acclimation phase. So I like to give people a couple weeks to get adjusted, to familiarize themselves. I always say, you can let me know, like, let me know what you're thinking. Let me know how you like things, but I will formally check in after about two weeks. Um, and I set up a shared photo album so my clients and I can stay in touch and track their progress. I highly, highly recommend this. I don't know if it's allowed if you're working for somebody else, but if you are solo, I highly recommend the shared album 
so that your clients can easily add to it. And together as a whole, you can see what's going on. And it's just, it's so good to establish an open door policy. The other thing I'll say along with this is you want to let your clients know when and how they can reach you. So when I first started my business, I said, I'm available anytime. Let me know how you're doing. Uh, I'm always here for you. Things like that. Um, I've learned along the way. It's not that I'm not always here for my clients, but I've just learned for my mental health. And so that I don't get burnt out or I don't, I don't know. I was realizing in the beginning because I didn't set parameters uh, around when and how my clients could contact me that it was always on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday when people were off and like having time to look at their skin and poke around. Um, I, when I was like trying to take a day off or something, I would get bombarded with like all of the text messages. So now I set after each meeting and when I follow up in an email, I say, you can reach me Monday through Friday, nine to five. You can text me, you can email me, you can add to the shared album. I'm just really clear about how my clients can reach me. And then they don't have to feel like, oh, am I bothering her? Like, am I annoying her? No, it's like, I want to hear from you. It's an open door policy. I, I want to be updated on your journey. And I think now I'm more confident in myself and I'm more comfortable. Like if something were to go wrong, my whole world is not shattered <laughs> and anything can happen. And by the way, it's like, we're not in perfect control of our clients' lives. Who knows if, if they're doing exactly what's been recommended, who knows if, you know, they go on a crazy bender, if they sleep with their makeup on. Taking more pressure off of myself and just being confident in my results and comfortable in myself that it's not like an ego bruise anymore if if something comes up for somebody, which I don't know if, if you felt the same way, but I was so fragile when I was first starting out as an esthetician. And here's something else. I feel like is not talked about enough in school. Things will come up, especially in the treatment room. Not, you know, every skin treatment or ingredient is going to agree with absolutely everyone. Things can happen. It's okay. We just, you know, we act with integrity and within the scope of our practice in the treatment room and in what we recommend with our home care. And things might still come up. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're a horrible esthetician. Somebody's breaking out more after a treatment doesn't necessarily mean you did anything wrong, but you want to foster that follow-up. You want to get really comfortable with follow-up. I am trying to also do a better job of keeping track of who I have followed up with. And so I, I know it's been two weeks since I've seen Gabby or so-and-so. I should check in with her. And that's what's going to help build the relationship too over time. And it's it's typically like as long as you're providing, you know, what is intended for their skin type, you're using products that you believe in, you're smart about creating a routine, they're probably going to have really good news to share with you. And it's probably going to be like an exciting bonding experience. So don't shy away from the follow-up because, you know, you're nervous. They might not, you know, love it or be at, they're probably not going to be at a point where, you know, Everything is 100% perfect, but they're probably going to have good news to share with you. So don't be shy about the follow-up. One thing I'll add to that is the follow-up, I think the way it's framed in school is that it's solely to the benefit of the client to be following up with them. And while that's true, I would also add it's it's to everyone's benefit. It's also to the esthetician's benefit because even if you need to intervene, if you need to change up something they're doing, 
being open and being transparent and being willing to work with people is what is going to maintain their trust. So for example, I have an acne client who um, was doing really well in her first phase of treatment, which for me is typically like the core routine, transitioning my clients to professional cleanser, maybe a toner, moisturizer kind of the core foundation for their routine, or if something is glaringly upsetting their skin, these are kind of the replacements I offer to set them up in their first phase. So things were going great in my first phase with this client. In phase two, we wanted to more closely target her acne. We started incorporating a 5% benzoyl peroxide leave-on treatment, which for most of my clients works really well. I'd say for the right person, it's really effective about, to some degree, it's always effective as long as it's the right person. They're not too sensitive to it. Um, It's not too aggressive for where they're at with their barrier health. Um, But for this client, it just wasn't wasn't right for her. She may have had an allergy. Her skin just was not liking the benzoyl peroxide. It actually was making her more inflamed. Could have been a little bit of a purge, but it was also so drying to the point where she felt kind of raw from using it, even dialing it back to like one to two nights a week. Her skin just wasn't having it. So when I followed up and and learned that we were able to course correct. We actually ended up providing her with some new products, which the goal was not to make more money, but she ended up wanting more recommendations. That happens a lot when you follow up, you will make more sales. And in this situation, it was so important. I followed up. We kind of discovered together it wasn't working so well and we could find an alternative and now her skin looks incredible it's so calm it's not congested we are instead relying on more exfoliating acids to decongest her skin rather than the benzoyl peroxide more regular fire and ice treatments sulfur just different different products and that will happen you'll have a case where something doesn't work for somebody so the follow-up is not only to the benefit of the client it's also to benefit the esthetician you can make more money and most importantly you will get your client on the right path which is the most important thing Okay, my next point is a little similar to what I was just talking about, but sometimes it takes a little bit of trial and error with your clients and that's okay. You are getting to know them and it takes, it takes a little bit of time. And that's another reason you want to follow up and you want to get good feedback. So I think it's a really good idea. The next time you see somebody for a facial, ask them how their last service was. I actually used to ask my clients, even if it was the first time I was seeing them, I would ask them, have you gotten facials in the past? What did you like? And were there things you didn't like about the facial? That would tell me so much about, you know, things I could avoid, Um, you know, whether it's like touching somebody's hair, when you have product in your hands to like avoiding hot towels or, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to do extractions at all. This is all good information to get so you at least understand their preferences. And if you have seen them before, definitely ask, how was your skin after our last treatment? You know, they might say it was glowing. It was the best it's ever looked. They might say I purged a little bit. I broke out a little bit more after it and then it went away. Or they might say my skin was really, really sensitive. Maybe there's something we did that my skin didn't agree with, or maybe we overdid it a little bit. And this is where note taking is so important so that you can go back to your notes where you wrote we did a salicylic peel and you write the details of what you did that will save you and it will help you in the future to learn your client's skin. And that's what's going to bring them back to you. Them feeling like this is a really personal experience. She knows my skin. That's, that's 
that should be the goal. That's like the gold standard. You want your clients to depend on you and feel like she knows my skin like nobody else. I would trust her with my life. Like she knows what my skin needs more than I know. Like that's that's really <laughs> kind of the, the goal that we aspire for as estheticians. So along with learning about your client and their skin, I would say note-taking is one of the best things you can do. And I know how it feels like in the moment with a client, say you, you saw Susan, you felt like, I know so much about Susan. I know her whole life story. We have such a great connection. I know exactly what her skin needs. I know exactly what her texture is like, what her skin responds to in the treatment room. Okay, when you're out of that treatment room and you've seen five people after Susan, those details get a little bit like mixed up. And when you see Susan the next time, you'll probably, like it will probably, a lot of it will come back to you. But say Susan emails you and says, hey, I really want to order, you know, a moisturizer from your website. Like, what do I need? Okay, you, Susan, every time Susan leaves the spa, she's thinking of you as her esthetician. You are the guru. You're her go-to. You, on the other hand, are seeing a thousand people a year, like you're seeing a lot of people. It's a lot of information. Nobody can remember absolutely everything or even remember Susan's skin type until she's a really, really regular type of client. So the more notes you can take, the more it's going to help you out. When Susan writes in and you can say, Susan, this hydrator would be absolutely perfect. This is the one for you. Or she comes back and you look back at your notes and you know, you wrote last time she did a lactic peel. She responded really well. Um, but she really wants to focus more on anti-aging and you know, she, she could be ready. She could be ready for more. Typically her skin responds well to treatment. Maybe the next time you do a glycolic peel or, you know, a Jesner peel, whatever it may be, those notes are going to help you to learn your client. And at the end of the day, the thing that's going to bring people back is your client feeling like Tess knows my skin better than anyone. She knows my skin better than I know my skin. She's the guru. You want them to depend on you and feel like you know it all. And you are, you want them to feel special. And although you may treat tons and tons of people, you don't want them to feel that way. So all of the personal details are going to help build that bond, build that relationship. I feel like as a new SD, you're always wondering how do you grow your clientele? And you'll probably hear it's about the relationships. And if you're wondering how to build those relationships, it really comes down to like con connecting with the client in the treatment room and remembering little details, like really knowing them. And even if you don't remember it all in your head, that's where taking notes is so, so important and will help people to feel like you remember them. It's special. Like you remembering small details about their life. So when I would take my notes, I would, I would write these things down. Like she's she's getting married in a couple of weeks or, you know, she has her graduation coming up or she's having a baby in, in a few months. <laughs> These are like not necessarily even related to the facial, but it's like when your client comes back the next time, if they've had a baby, you want to ask like, how are you doing as a new mom? Like these are small things that can easily slip out of your mind that to a person mean a lot when you can kind of share in their life um, and share in those in those moments. Okay, moving on to my next point. 
this also took me a while to wrap my head around. And whenever I am coaching new estheticians, um, which by the way, I don't advertise this a ton, but I do do one-on-one coaching. Um, I try to be really clear that I, about what I specialize in, which is corrective skincare, um, also virtual aesthetics. So I tend to help estheticians in that realm. I'm not your go-to for like, if you wanted to open a big spa or even start a business, um, I'm not necessarily like the go-to business spa coach, but if you want to learn about treating skin conditions or virtual aesthetics, I'm pretty good at that. So I share this a lot with my mentees and that is that it's not your responsibility to cure somebody's acne. I feel like um, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to completely absolve a condition and it makes sense, right? Like people are coming to us for solutions acne or really any type of skin condition can be very emotionally involved. Your client can really, really want to get things perfect. But when it comes to conditions like acne, we need to remember there is still no cure for acne. It is cyclical. It is a condition that can be well managed. We can see a really great result, but I feel like as a newbie, especially if you're following all these estheticians on Instagram and you're seeing like before and afters and in the first picture you're seeing, you know, a lot of a high grade of acne. And then in the second picture, you're seeing completely clear skin. Naturally you think, oh, so it's my job to get them to that result. It's really not our, our job to provide perfection. And maybe that's also a conversation to have with certain clients about what's realistic, what's normal, what's attainable. And, you know, I'm pretty transparent about the fact that I'm always maintaining and managing my acne condition. Things are really great. Like say, I just got a facial, which I did yesterday. My skin, it it is clear today. I don't have any breakouts at the moment, which is great. My skin health is great. Like my skin looks really good, but it doesn't mean I never break out again. And I I see and hear some estheticians, um, especially because I'm having these conversations as a mentor, I hear estheticians kind of feeling this burden, like they need to solve this forever. And that's really not what we're here to do. We can provide a great result. We want to manage the condition. Of course, we want to make our clients so, so happy. And if we can get them to like a near perfect result, like that's always what we're going to aim for, but also just be understanding like life happens, acne gets triggered, it's okay. So you shouldn't feel like you need to cure somebody's acne. And hopefully your clients understand that too. And I think with that comes setting the expectation and even educating about the fact that there is still no cure for acne. Um, If you see content that's like, here's how I cured my acne, it's literally not true. (laughs) And yeah, I think sometimes we can get a little bit confused because we see so much on social media that kind of alters our perception sometimes. We can see a lot of content that's made because it's click baby. Like it'll get a lot of clicks. If somebody writes, I cured my acne in a week, or, you know, this is how I cured my acne. There's no cure for acne. So they're lying. And that's not, that's not real. And it's definitely not your responsibility to cure it. It's your job to provide a great result and maintain their skin health. So don't put that type of pressure on yourself to provide a 100% clear all of the time solution to your acne clients. 
The last piece of advice I want to mention is something that I've really learned to be true in my practice. And before before my practice, I worked in a spa that was like half holistic nutrition, half medical spa. So it was really, really interesting to see how those two worlds fuse together. And now in my own practice, I'm not a nutritionist, but I do go off of the research that's been proven when it comes to happy triggers or rosacea triggers. So for me, what I find to be really true is that the best results really happen with lifestyle and topical treatments or changes. So I feel like... um, yeah, this is just something I see to be so, so true in my practice. And it's not always easy. I feel like when I talk about my business, or I guess you could say like promote it, it's always a matter of fusing the lifestyle changes with the amazing tropical, topical, not tropical, topical solutions that I recommend and provide. It's really rarely ever just one or the other. It has to be both. And this is why I'm such a believer that the best practices are holistic in the sense that you don't have to be a nutritionist. You don't have to be naturopath when we're saying holistic, but we're just recognizing acne and skin conditions are fully connected to the whole body. So it just doesn't make logical sense to only talk about skin health in terms of what we're applying, because we all know our lifestyle affects our skin. It informs how it behaves. I noticed with a lot of my clients who have like a super fast paced lifestyle, even if they don't perceive themselves to be very stressed out, if they are going from task to task. I notice it a lot with my nurses actually, who their schedule can be offset by like working night shifts, or they're just constantly going from person to person, attending to a lot of other people's needs and they don't have a lot of time to take a break or rest um, or take deep breaths, just generally like take any time out for themselves. It really exacerbates the skin condition. Stress exacerbates inflammatory skin conditions, not sleeping enough, not taking care of ourselves, eating foods that can be acne or rosacea triggers or, you know, just trigger inflammation for that person. Maybe they have a sensitivity. All of these things play a role. So while I don't get too nitty gritty with my clients, um, I'm not advising on like meal plans or anything like that. We do go over acne trigger foods and common, common acne triggers, uh, things like dairy, peanuts, alcohol, a lot of fitness products like whey protein, uh, biotin supplements, high caffeine intake. These are all things that can be triggers. Somebody is a rosacea client. It can be high histamine food. I notice a lot of rosacea clients are eating like banana for breakfast with a piece of avocado toast and a hot coffee. So those are things that are lifestyle related that we need to address to get them in a, a to get them a better result. We need to avoid the heat triggers with my rosacea clients. With my acne clients, I need to know what kind of lifestyle they're living. Are they going to a HIIT training class and then driving 15 minutes home without washing their face? It's all these things that are lifestyle related. Uh, that I want to go over with them. I even want to know what they what they do for work. Are they sitting at a desk all day or are they an engineer like, you know, working working in a field with a lot of pollution around them, wearing heavy gear. I actually have two female clients in that position and it definitely plays a role in their skin. So you're going to get the best result the more you know about your client, I ask them 
questions such as, again, what do you do for work? How would you rate your stress level day to day? What does your typical day look like? Are you running from task to task? Do you take any time out of the day for yourself? Are there any activities you enjoy doing for stress relief that you do on a regular basis? You'd be surprised how many people say, no, I don't have anything. Or no, I don't take I don't take any time out of the day for myself to kind of decompress and stress, uh, de-stress. And those are, you know, opportunities for us to say, could we try 20 minutes of, you know, an activity of your choosing maybe twice a day for 10 to 20 minutes, small things like that. I think happiness plays a big role in skin health. That's not really talked about. But just generally people taking time for themselves and feeling feeling good in their body and nourishing themselves. Are, do you eat regular meals? Do you have coffee in the first, do you have coffee first thing in the morning and skip breakfast? All these things are really important and they are lifestyle related. So it's it's good to learn about these things. Ask your clients questions and and even just you know take notes and and if they're willing to kind of keep a journal um note things about their day see if you can notice any patterns i really strongly firmly believe it is all connected and i think that's why i'm able to achieve such great results with my clients it's definitely you know having great products and knowing those are going to produce a result alone but to have sustainability i do think the lifestyle really plays a role and also i think just allowing my my clients to take some of the stress off themselves by relying on a professional. I think that has a profound effect too. And I would put that in the lifestyle category. So I think, I think even if you're not having those conversations directly, if you are a resource for your clients, if you are, when they come in to see you, if they're um, relieving some stress, even just getting to be off their phone for an hour and lay down in a dark room, that has a profound effect on the skin and and really benefits them. So there's more than one way to affect your client's lifestyle, even if they're just coming in to see you consistently. That's amazing. But um, I I do believe the best results happen when lifestyle changes meet really great quality proven products. Okay, guys, that is my little spiel. I see we're coming up on the hour mark. So I'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It really means so much to have an audience and I am really looking forward to 2022 and what this next year has in store. I am super open to hearing what kind of episodes you want to hear next. So if you have an idea, feel free to swing my swing by my dms or leave a little comment on my last post and thank you guys so much for listening if you would like to go leave a little a little review leave five stars say something nice it really makes my day and means a lot and helps more estheticians to hear this podcast and um, allows me to keep recording episodes we really really appreciate that Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you and I will talk to you in the next one.